Howdy friends, welcome back to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. This is a podcast about how design impacts the way we experience life. And I would love to know what you think of the show. So subscribe, leave a review, find me on Instagram at xdpodcast, whatever it is. I love hearing from all of you. It means the world to me. So with that, let's go ahead and dive into this week's conversation. Today with me, I have the host of the Honest Entrepreneur Show, the co-host of the Honest Designer Show, and the CEO and founder of Design Cuts. Welcome. It is my honor to have you, Mr. Tom Ross. Thank you so much, Tony. I, yeah, seriously, humbled to be here. Such a pleasure, and I'm excited to chat. Excellent, man. Well, before we jump in, what I'm really curious about in having watched your content evolve and watched um, sort of your career um, take off with Design Cuts and with your podcasts is how did you start? What are your beginnings? And overall, just why are you doing what you're doing? Man, that's a, a good question, but a big question. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you the nutshell answer. Um, I started when I was 12 years old. My best friend at the time showed me the HTML code behind a website. Yeah. He literally, he right clicked on it, spat all this code out. And I was like, what the hell is that, man? <laughs> that looks insane. Um, the Matrix. And yeah, it, it was. It was like the first time I saw The Matrix and it, it just really blew my mind. And um, from that point, we started building websites together and that was the beginning of it all. And he went very much down the dev route, the developer route. So he is now a very senior developer working in New York. I went more down the design and marketing route because those were things that came more naturally for me and I just enjoyed them more. And so after that followed just nearly 20 years now of trial and error, as I like to call it. Um, it literally has been just the 10,000 hours in all kinds of areas. It's been client work. I carved out a freelance career. I was doing web design, uh, consultancy, conversion specialist, all that kind of thing. I started off with design contests to get my foot in the door. And then oh, kind yeah. of built, yeah. built, we all know, right? Um, and then I, I steadily built a career around that. But equally, I was building websites, flipping them, um, learning design, ran a, a popular Photoshop blog, teaching photo manipulation and all that kind of stuff. So that taught me about blogging and audience building, found some business mentors, got to clarity a bit more, got burnt really badly in business, screwed over and hurt and on the floor, that kind of thing. Um, eventually all this led to starting design cuts. And I did that with like such just purpose and passion from day one. Yeah. Um, took six months to build for that six months. And then the first 12 months were in business, 18 months total. I was working a hundred hour weeks, 18 hours a day, seven days a week, insanity, um, ended up putting myself in the hospital, having major stomach surgery on the back of all of that wow. and stress and, and lifestyle, um, came out the other side and, and we grew it really fast. Like it went like a rocket from day one. So that first year was insanity. It was just trying to hold on for dear life. Um, but like I said, I got so sick, but because at this point we scaled, we had a team, 
I couldn't just stop working. I couldn't be sick. So I was like working from my bed, trying to hold the whole thing together. I looked like an 80 year old man, dude. Like, honestly, it wasn't good. Um, and I was doing everything I could because we had these, you know, these partners and suppliers and designers we were making money. They relied on us. We had a team and it was their jobs. And for me, it was everything I'd killed myself working for us. So I couldn't throw it all away. So I had to keep it going. And, and so I was chronically ill for two years. Um, pretty badly afterwards even now like literally this Friday I'm seeing doctors for like some ongoing medical stuff like on the back of all of this yeah which is which is super messed up um, and in the last year I decided to start taking my personal brand more seriously right. so I'd like tickled it putting out a bit of Instagram content here and there but I, I think it was 11 months ago I launched my personal show um, because my biggest love in the world, I mean, I love my company, I love our team, like the company's my baby, but I love helping others and other creatives with their marketing. And my fiance will testify to this. This is back in the day, this is like way before design cuts. I would always default to trying to help others and give them free consultancy and whatever I could do. And I would always run up the stairs to her and be like, that guy I've been on calls with for three weeks, like he couldn't pay his mortgage and now he can. And it would just fill me with so much energy. And so when I was kind of getting introspective, I thought, well, if this makes me so happy and so passionate, I shouldn't wait 20 years until I'm like retired from my company or whatever happens there to pursue this, I should do this as my side hustle. So I just jumped into that, started putting out more content, putting out the video show, the podcast, helping people. I've got a group coaching thing now. And it's really fulfilling. Like I'm such a nerd that this is my fun, like around my pretty busy day job. Like I just like kicking back and chatting with people like you who love what they do and just trying to help them. You know what is so great about you is it's something that I preach all the time on the show and you've got a teacher's heart and a student's mind. And I think the more that we can lead like that, the more that we can live like that, the more that we can collaborate and work like that, the better. Mm-hmm. And really you're a poster child in my head for that sort of mentality. And it, and it shows up in your work that you give to others um, on Instagram, etc. It's so interesting to me that you've been hospitalized and all this, and then you're like, yeah, let me go ahead and do a daily show now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally, uh, coming out of um, that surgery, I was so sick, I had to rebuild my life. So I got a therapist, a dietitian, and a personal trainer. Yeah. Because I I'd l- I'd lost so much weight, like any strength I had was gone. Mentally, I was like, I'm an optimistic guy, but I'd be driving to work or making tea in the office kitchen and I literally start crying out of nowhere and I was like yeah. this isn't good this isn't like me because it was just the frustration and at this point I was so sick and it seemed like I would never get better so I thought holy shit I've ruined the rest of my life yeah that's pretty scary um and and this is why now when I, I see people talk about burnout like I tried to be so transparent with it about the mm-hmm. reality of it because I think it's been glorified the whole hustle culture thing um, you know, hard work is necessary for success, 100%. I wouldn't be where I am without having made those sacrifices. Um, but I think so many people hide that stuff away 
and there's so many out there, including friends of mine, they're putting out positivity, they're putting out inspiring messages, people look up to them. It's only when I talk to them on one-on-one -on -one chats like this, they're like, oh man, like I can't do anything, I'm so burnt out, I'm really down, I've just crashed massively. And often they're not sharing that with, that, with their community. So yeah. people don't see that and they're just looking at them thinking man like he or she is a machine and they beat themselves up for not reaching those um you know inhuman heights dude this is really connecting because um we're very similar you and i um in that i've had a few different businesses one that went bonkers crazy very quickly um and it at the end of that it became nothing uh, all in a matter of two years different than your story obviously but and then my wife had a business and then we had a little something together and all this and it's true you know it first of all it's not for everyone secondly it's not glamorous there aren't ferraris for everyone um <laughs> mm -hmm. we don't have garages with lamborghinis and and shelves of books um not to name <laughs> names of some yeah. people yeah. buying we, youtube we, ads we, we, read a book a day um yeah. do, do, do you want to know the funny thing and sorry to cut you off but um i have the worst car out of our entire team <laughs> like it there's bits falling off the side it's like a running joke with my team it's held together with duct tape like it is one of the worst cars you'll ever see and i joke about that in comparison to the lamborghini lifestyle yeah. that's meant to be entrepreneurship <laughs> the primary color is bondo on your car i imagine <laughs> yeah but that's the thing you know um the culture right now online of of saying of, of of showing the entrepreneurial life as the glitz and glamour and the hustle and all this i get it a lot of people have that life um because that work has paid off in ways but what you don't see is that real struggle the people that are losing hair the people that like myself i mean listen i'm a big guy i get it but when I was doing the startup, I was Jabba the Hut, Tom. I mean, it was it was I was miserable, you know. Hmm. Um, I wish I could have it's had not, your it's not a healthy lifestyle and lost weight. Oh but. no, yeah, you don't, man. It wasn't good. I, I looked like Christian Bale and the Machinist oh, coming out the other gosh. side. Like, yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's, we, the thing. We, we, that's the thing. That's the And I don't know what it's going to take because it seems like now. And I understand the irony of saying this, especially to you and me saying it here, that everyone's trying to be a content creator and trying to be an entrepreneur now, which part of that is so great and amazing. But the other part of that is they have a different idea of what the outcome is or what the journey is. And also it's this information overload, much like your post the other day, where what would you say to a creator or a consumer where it's like there's youtube there's ig there's igtv there's there's i mean just hit google up medium all of these things what do you tell somebody in this overload yeah um i'm empathetic because not only am i to an extent stressed and frenetic with the work i'm doing but i have 50 things over here in my mind that i know yeah i should should be doing or at least if i were doing them i'd be more successful or whatever so it's overwhelming i think um the nature of overwhelm is when you can't focus so if you focus on one thing and you do one thing you're fine 
it's as soon as you look at that and then it spirals out into a billion other options mm. and that's when i've had like full-blown anxiety attacks in the morning like literally i've sat on the edge of my bed my fiance had to like do breathing exercises with me and be like it's fine yeah. um and it's just that overwhelm because i think of one thing on my to-do list and it explodes out into a hundred things and i'm like holy crap how am i gonna get through today so what i found works is um to start doing and start with just one thing so you you pretty much make yourself blind to the mass of everything that you need to be doing and you just take one step with one particular thing you kind of put blinkers on yourself almost to focus and jeff bezos talked about this um and it's so true he said that anxiety actually comes from the not doing but the thinking about what you should be doing mm. and i remember feeling that so hard when i was at school i would freak out about the revision that i should be doing for exams oh my god i haven't revised i'm gonna fail the exam i need to be revising there's so much to revise as soon as i started revising i was like oh i'm kind of getting through this right. this is okay and it's the same thing now in a work setting with our to-do list and so on uh, often I feel completely overwhelmed with how much there is to do. And as soon as I jump in, I tick off three small tasks and build that momentum. The anxiety and stress melts away. And so does the plethora of like, holy crap, there's too much and it's overwhelming because I just work through in a more linear fashion. So I truly believe that just um, less thinking and more doing uh, and not in a kind of hustle bro doing way, but just like, I'm actually going to start putting one step in front of the other. I'm not going to be frozen on the spot, freaking out and losing my mind. It's interesting. Um, I have a full-time job. I have a great career. Wife, two kids, very young toddlers. And yet I started the podcast. And then on top of the podcast, you know, this, this new way of marketing, which is the instagram you know designer taking over taking over instagram i think design is really having a moment right now and i was talking to my friend the other day and i was stressing about editing these episodes and i like to create a little bit of a backlog to just have if i have cancellations etc and i said why do i do this why don't i just stop right now i mean would anything really change and i said Obviously, I'm not going to do that. I love doing it. I love having conversations exactly like I'm having right now. It's building my brand and my name, I mean, especially in the community I live in now. But why? You know why? <laughs> You're sitting on the edge of your bed. Your fiance is, 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 is helping you get through with some breathing. All of these doctors. Why? Um... I think as a creative entrepreneur or any kind of entrepreneur, the lows are more extreme, but so are the highs. Mm. So that's one thing on like a visceral level, but I also think holistically just the passion and purpose thing. So to break down what I mean, yes, personally, I've had like the surgery and the anxiety attacks and the self-doubt and the stress and all of that terrible stuff. But... I've also done like ridiculous looking tap dances across my office in front of the team. Right. Because I'm filled with so much adrenaline um, at a breakthrough. Or I'm there like high-fiving my team and my business partners being like, we did it. Or we're at the company Christmas party and often everyone's wasted and the directors 
um, gather together and look at the team like they're our children and we feel like proud parents. We're like, we built this from nothing and, yeah. and it makes your heart sing. Um, or when you realize that you're saving people's houses or paying for their kids to go to college that we work with, or we're just helping this incredible community and seeing their support come in every day. And that fires you up with so much purpose that sure, if you didn't have that stuff and every day was terrible and crappy and anxious, you probably wouldn't do it. But yeah. for me, it's a net positive. Um, and that's why I choose to do it. And I hope that anyone listening who wants to become a creative entrepreneur, as you call them, considers that and weighs that because it's very true. The highs are the highest and the lows are the lowest, but the highs outweigh them. Yeah, and I think um, a misnomer is that everyone should be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I don't believe that. And I hate all the memes that go around almost criticizing folk who are in a nine to five. Mm. So where it's basically saying like, you're a thankless loser with no passion and no ambition. If you work for someone else, like the only answer is go be an entrepreneur. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Like, I actually think um, to kind of ex expand on your question, when you write it down in black and white, pen on paper, the formula of being an entrepreneur, it is crazy. Like it, it often doesn't make logical sense. I think you need to be a little bit nuts to put yourself through that. Uh -huh. And so I don't judge people that don't want to do that. Or I personally, I know plenty of people that tried it and they're like, not for me. And they go back to a job. Like our developer, our senior developer on our team, Alex, he went freelance and he ran his own thing. And he said, literally, he's been so happy since he quit all that and came and worked for us because he's coming home at a reasonable hour. He's not taking his work home with him. His wife is like, this is so nice. You've got a steady paycheck rather than like the feast and famine thing going on. And he freaking loves it. And he's like, gets to do the work he loves. He gets paid well, like everything's good, yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I got to tell you, I love the nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame. I'm jealous of people that go and do it and, and are wired that way. I, I think I would literally be unemployable. But trust <laughs> me, I'm freaking I'm freaking jealous when I'm there working on a Sunday evening like yesterday. Yeah. I do think of it. I'm like, hmm, that must be pretty nice. Well, it's interesting because I've added the work with the podcast <laughs> yeah. and everything but yeah. that's that's just scratching an itch you know that i had from a previous life as as it were but that's great man like i i love that because that's kind of the best of both worlds yeah you get the stability and you get scratching the itch and that's cool yeah i i totally i totally agree and i think that's what it's about um for me and i used to be an actor and um it, that that lifestyle is insane. So I think, like you said, I need a little bit of crazy. You you look like an actor, actually. <laughs> Have I, was, I seen you in something? Yeah, it was in that <laughs> thing that nobody saw. Um, <laughs> I have uh, one more question for you. And it's a question that I ask every guest. And it is, what object or thing that you own non-digital mm -hmm. means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? Wow. That's a good, that's a very good question. Well, um, <laughs> non-digital. I mean, you're possibly looking at it behind me. I've got one of my guitars back there oh, and yeah. um, 
like I loved that because growing up all my friends were musical I have no natural musical talent and I got sick of them playing guitar around me and talking about guitar so I was like I have to learn this and I'm very average at best uh probably not that good <laughs> but I I played in a, a band for a while locally and and we went around and did local gigs and and that was something I never thought I could do growing up literally I was the kid who got given the triangle in the school band yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I think I got fired from that so um to be able to do that for me it, it it was you know it's fun to play guitar I love it I wish I had more time for it but it was a perfect kind of metaphor for like if you set your mind to something you can go and do it and you can surprise yourself that is really great what is that a Gibson what is that yeah have we got time for like a one minute story because it's pretty crazy please um so as you know, I try and help a, a bunch of people in my community. And one of them is this awesome guy called Tama. He's an incredible um, calligrapher. He's just like this Gothic style. Mm. And he's the nicest man in the world. It's official. Because we're chatting. I've been helping him with some various bits. And then literally about six months later, I'm in our old office with my team. And this giant cardboard box shows up. And everyone's like, it's for you. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I open it up. And I'm like, what the like there has to be some mistake and it, it was my dream guitar which was a gibson les paul and there was no note or anything so i had to call up the company that delivered it get them to kind of divulge who sent it and they're like oh it's this guy from texas and it was this guy tamar in my community he had remembered in a conversation we had six months ago that i said i was kind of waiting and saving until i retire i'm like 50 years old or whatever and i'm going to treat myself to this guitar as like a bucket list item. He freaking retained that information, sent it wow. to me as a gift from America, um, as a thank you for like me trying to help with this business. It was insane. That is extraordinary. Yeah, so now, like, as I say, he's the nicest man in the world, um, truly, but I feel like I can never like repay him <laughs> for his kindness. I tell you what, you said he's from Texas. That's some southern hospitality we got going down, down right? here. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> we got to step our game up. Everybody thinks that we're just riding horses and wearing spurs and cowboy hats. But <laughs> hey, we also send guitars. It's kind of bursting through my brain. Did you see the post I put out like two hours ago or something? About the six-figure thing? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think it kind of ties in so much with what we've talked about today. And I think people get so overwhelmed because they see all the A-listers in this space who are posting about their six-figure launch they just had. And it's super intimidating. You just think, well, I don't have a giant audience. I can never achieve that. And I'm trying to be the people's champion for the three to four-figure launches. Yeah. And I don't like I literally had two community members that just made like 250 bucks in a week. I I view that as such a victory. That's so worth celebrating. There was another one made like 1700 bucks. There's others who are doing like a grand here and there. That's amazing though, because they're doing the work that they would do for free. Yeah. They're just choosing to sell it. And the fact that you can now like pay your bills or pay your mortgage or take that extra vacation, make a bit of extra money, be that bit more comfortable through your creative passion without being an A-lister. And actually it's something that anyone can do. And these people, some of them had like 700 followers on Instagram. This is something very relatable. Yeah. And as soon as I posted it, people were like, damn, 
that makes me feel so much more optimistic than seeing the A-listers because that's like the next logical step for me. That's really relatable. And, and yeah, I just wanted to um, check with you. That was like okay to end on because that's the point I want to leave with people. I didn't want it to be all doom and gloom today. I actually think there's right. so much abundance and opportunity. And I feel really, really pumped for the creative community because they're starting to wake up a little bit more to the marketing side and realize, you know what, there's a there's a, a long tail and a gray area and I don't need to make seven figures or make zero. Yeah, I can make an extra five grand a year and love doing it and scratch that itch the same way you are. And that's the most fulfilling thing in the world. That's exactly a great note to end on. Because look, it's not like I'm raking in the dough doing this podcast. I don't have ads, you know, all this stuff. I got a little Patreon, but that's it right there. It's it's scratching the itch. And if you can make some bucks along the way, hell, that's just gravy on a biscuit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Actually, biscuits where you are aren't biscuits where we are. And you would never I know what a... you mean, though. I've, I've been to the South. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Tom. I hope you have an awesome day, and I can't wait to have you back. That was super fun. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks, brother. That will do it for this week, friends. Thank you again to my guest, and thank you again to all of you tuning in. I can't tell you how valuable you are to me. I would also like to give a really special shout out to all of the new patrons of the show, including, of course, my new executive producer, Brian Sullivan. Now, if you're wondering how you might best support the show, head over to patreon.com slash xdpodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash XD podcast. I also have a link in the show notes. And check out all the perks of becoming a patron of the show here. And listen, if Patreon doesn't float your boat, if it's not your thing, I get it. But a subscribe or a view or share, it's always just as meaningful as something like Patreon to me. It really is so impactful. So with that, I can't wait to have you back next week. But until then, friends, Stay curious. Experience Design is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. <laughs>